0: I'm Alex Travis
1: and I'm Maureen Friedley.
0: This is the High Horse Podcast
1: and we're leaving egos on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a second. (laughs) So So we're
0: talking about mental health today, right Maureen?
1: Yes. Um, I, I'm excited to talk about this because I know I've commented on my TikTok that I am a board member and seek care through a equine assisted therapy program here in Texas. Um, and so this is kind of, uh, this is something that I feel is really important and that I rely on a lot from my horses is for my mental health. That's, that's one of the main reasons I have horses. So I thought it would be fun to kind of. about this topic i know a lot of people share their stories about how their horses have saved their lives and saved their sanity and gotten them through really tough times in their lives so i think this topic will hit close to home for a lot of people listening
0: yeah i mean um i think any anyone with pets right or anyone with animals Mm -hmm. can agree on one thing and that's life is better with them right Um, yeah you know with few exceptions you know they're ripping up your shoes or shitting on the floor that's that's not the most fun but um they're they're bucking you off every now and then that's probably not the greatest but yeah um the science is pretty clear on the subject which is you know the brain releases happy chemicals when we're with animals um And that's very true of horses. Something about the horse presence is just very therapeutic for people. Um, And just countless, countless people, right, will recount their experiences of how horses have bettered their lives. They can't imagine their life without horses. And likewise, the people that had horses and no longer have horses um, Mm -hmm. really long for them. Um, So, like, the science of it is that it really is a neurochemical thing. Um, but I think the real life aspect is the animals just enrich our lives. It doesn't matter if it's my little shithead cat that's fighting right now with the dogs, um, (laughs) the dogs, or if it's the horses, Uh, um, for me personally, it's kind of a twofold thing. It's that, um, yeah, like my brain doesn't produce dopamine on its own, Mm -hmm. like it's supposed to. So I have to have either artificial dopamine or I have to have an environmental stimulus to get dopamine. Right. And so horses give me that. Now um, the other aspect is that having horses forces me to get out of my bed because a lot of times, like my prior to having horses back in my life, um, like there would just be period of like periods of days. I just couldn't yeah. even get out of bed. Would not because you know my kids were at an age where I could like pre-set up food for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they had activities. They were self-sufficient, and but the horses, you know, they they can't get their own hay. They can't right. muck their own stalls. They can't right. fill their own troughs. And so that was a physical motivation for me to get out of bed. And also, I know this is you know might resonate with some people, and that's the reality it forced it would force me to shower mm, yeah it would force That's, me to shower yeah. um because i you know i can't be around them and not touch them and i'm right. gonna you know after you get to petting on a horse if you're really petting on a horse you know what your hands look like after oh, you have yeah. got that uh, the horse version of thick brown cheeto dust all over your hands and you're just you know covered in dirt and horse shit. and so you come back inside and you can't just get back in bed So it would force me to shower and brush my hair and while I'm already in there, so I might as well brush my teeth and it also fully dirties your clothes,
1: fully dirties them.
0: So it forces you to change. So um, incorporating horses back into my life gave me a routine. It gave me a routine back uh, and it gave me back my self-care that I was Mm -hmm. sorely lacking before. I mean, up until the point when I decided okay I need to maybe take an honest inventory of my mental health and make some changes in my life like my I would get to the point where like I had one big dreadlock on the back of my head from having my hair in a bun
1: yeah
0: because it would even get to the point sometimes where I would shower but not brush my hair not wash my hair it gave me a routine back, gave me back some of my self-care, you know, and I just actually talked about this with my psychiatrist uh, on Friday, you know, we talked about, um, cause like with my, uh, specific mental health lineup, um, routine is not something, you know, I'm either really good at it or I'm, I don't have one at all. So like a lot of times I'll forget to eat for right. like a couple of days. Like, it's mm-hmm. just not something, my task activation um, it's just not something my brain does. And like things that are normal and routine to most people just don't even exist. They don't even exist to me. Um, but when you're outside working horses all day, God damn it, you come in with an appetite.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: or it only takes one or two times for you to go outside and get lightheaded for you to be like, mm. <laughs> but, and then the motivation is there too. Right. Cause before, you know, I like, I went to the gym and stuff, but that was never, As motivating as um, having livestock has been Mm -hmm. back in my life, Um, I want to be with them all the time. All the time. I'm like, there's two places in the world where I am my most content that's with my horses and in my Jeep, Mm -hmm. in that order. Um, So, it so we were, so I was talking with my psychiatrist, right? And he was like, girl, well, you sound like, you're doing a lot better, and I was like, eh, I've just found a way to modify my environment. If I'm being honest, like the symptoms are all still there, yeah, um, but I have found a way to mitigate things, you know. And a lot of that was moving away from Tucson. Unfortunately, a lot of my triggers and stressors were because of people mm-hmm. being around people. It's incredibly stressful to me. Um, I don't, I did like social interactions are. Just not something I've ever like fully understood very well. It's very uh, emotionally and physically taxing on me. Um, and so I just eliminated that. I just don't have people that my kids around. Yeah. Um, last year was maybe a pretty extreme example of that because, you know, the kids were online. So I didn't have to deal with teachers or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And so I was honest with him. I was like, "It's not really that I'm better. It's that I literally eliminated all of the things that were triggering my symptoms." Right. Just don't. I just don't have them. Yeah. Is that isolation? Yes. <laughs> it is. Hundred percent. But, and I and I and I said this to him verbatim. I said, "But I tried it. I tried it your way for years. I tried it your way, and it wasn't working." Yeah. It wasn't working. I would rather be here and not on a mood stabilizer, not on six different medications and happy than there on all the medications, having all the side effects, unhealthy, feeling like shit and still dealing with the problems.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I finally found something that works for me. It might not be what you feel is an ideal solution, but it's the solution I have for right now. Um, and horses kind of forced me into that. You know, when I sold my house, i had planned on buying a ranch mm-hmm. and, uh, my ex stole my social security number. If you ever hear this, fuck you. And if I see you in person, it's on site, buddy. But so because of that, I couldn't buy the ranch and I had to find a place to rent within 30 days. Cause I had the people who bought my old house had already signed. Right. Yeah. I had 30 days to move. Uh, and find a place for my horses. And I was not willing to board them anywhere. Because at the time they were staying with my dad, on my dad's property. And even that morning was like, Oh, no, could not do it. He would like, get up after a long Friday night, you know, Saturday morning at 11 and walk outside and feed my horses.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, Oh, This is going to kill my relationship with my dad. I can't. I'm going to break his little neck. I'm going to break his little neck over my knee. We can't be doing this. He brought his girlfriend around and like he, Rony bit her. And there was like all kinds. I was like, no, being at a barn, boarding them somewhere will be 10 times worse. I just saw a video today of a girl who's, who saw a video of her horse on a trail ride. She boards her horse somewhere and the horse has heaves. So the people who boarded her horse were leasing her horse
1: without her knowledge on these,
0: like, yeah, I was like, "Mm -mm, I'll go to jail. So, um, so I found this place. I moved four hours away from, you know, all my family and all my help, but I'm so much happier.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm so much happier. Um, it's just, it's just the better environment for me. It's the better environment for my horses. My horses came here and they were happier. You know, Mm -hmm. they've got, all this land to turn out on and run and kick up their heels and be horses. So and I can walk outside and see them anytime I want. Can see them from my bedroom window. I can see them from my kitchen window. You know, my donkey comes and she brays right in my window in the morning if I sleep past 8 30. And that's I'll get up, you know, because by that time my kids have already poured themselves a bowl of cereal and they're like on with their day. They're outside riding bikes. Right. But the donkeys can't get their own food. So it's accountability for me. It's a natural, consistent, and reliable source of dopamine. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it does to a degree. It's opened me up to a community, right? Like this is a community, the equestrian community, um, that I think for the most part is a healthy balance between uh, positive and negative. Yeah. So on the positive side, it's very enriching. Like I get messages frequently from people I've helped or mentored that are like, wow, you really changed my life. Thank you so much. Um, and I get a fair amount of shitty people. So it still challenges me. Right. To like, <laughs> yeah. Ma- maintain my self-control and work on not letting other people affect my mood, blah, blah, blah. Right. But um, it did give me community. So it helped bridge the gap between me and my kids made me a better parent made me a more patient parent a more empathetic parent. Mm-hmm. um but you know I think at the end of the day it just it made me a whole lot less suicidal
2: yeah
0: period that is so like immeasurably valuable mm-hmm. um And I think for me and a lot of other people might struggle with this is like the constant questioning, like, why, why can't I, why can't my brain just be like everybody else's? Right. Why? Well, it doesn't really matter why, because it just isn't. Having a why won't change anything. And I think about like, well, if I didn't have horses, I'd go right back. Right. But everybody has their thing, I think. And Again, there's no sense in asking why. I can't change my brain.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I can't change uh, who I am now, post-military. Right. I just am. And so it's better to just deal with the cards you have than sit there wishing you had a different set of cards.
2: Um,
0: so that's where I'm at in my life. And I have horses to thank for that because I got, right before I got Rony. I actually got Roni as the well, last, Last ditch effort to finally have a horse of my own in my adulthood, Mm -hmm. because I was I was about to go into hospice care.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. My before roughly, I think almost two years now, or something like that. Definitely over a year and a half, maybe close to two years. I don't know. My concept of time isn't isn't super great. Um, definitely more than a year and a year and a half but so my psychiatric medication was causing an electrical ir- irregularity in my heart rhythm mm-hmm. and that went it went undiagnosed because the symptoms mimic anxiety yeah and so at the at the when we finally recognized what was happening um i was already in heart failure and I had lost like 65 pounds, close to 70 pounds. I was fucking sick. Yeah. Like people would see me and they'd be like concerned. Rightfully so. I was very ill. Um and I got my horse. Well, I found out that he was for sale. And I just knew like if he goes to someone with a harsh hand, he's either gonna end up as a bag of dog food or you know, packing salt. Yeah, because nobody's going to have the time and empathy for him that, that he needs. Um, so I told my dad, I was like, well, how much do they want for him? And he was like, yeah, 800 bucks. Miss, I'm going to buy that horse. And he was like, you can't take care of yourself right now. You don't need a horse. And I was like, well, ha you fucked up, because now I'm definitely getting the horse. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, How did you come across I, Roni? What, uh, was Roni it like Belong- a that you saw? Or?
0: No, Roni belonged to a good family friend of my father, um, who he's known for decades and decades, right? And I also knew them
1: mm-hmm.
0: and spent a lot of time, you know, on their ranch.
1: Gotcha.
0: So So, yeah, I got him and it was so Rony is actually how we discovered my medication was killing me, Mm -hmm. was causing my heart to to have uh, electrical irregularities and eventually cause heart failure Um, because I would be, you know, I couldn't travel in my car with my heart medication Mm -hmm. or my um, psychiatric medication because they're all controlled substances, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, the only, the only one I think I could take with me was my as-needed exam for, you know, severely high blood pressure. I would be there and I would miss my doses and I'm just like, I was exceptionally forgetful at the time, still very forgetful, but, um, you know, I'd go 12 hours, 18 hours, 24 hours without my medication. And then eventually over time started realizing I was feeling better mm-hmm. and I called my doctor and I was like, Hey, um don't know if this matters or not, but I'm actually kind of feeling better when I don't take my meds. And they were like, yeah, maybe we should look into that. And then that's how we found out, like "Mm, the dose of your medication was too high and it was interfering with your heart rhythm. And Mm -hmm. over time, your your heart rhythm, blah, 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 blah. So I owe a lot to Roni. I owe a lot to him. And the th- the interesting thing for me was, and anybody that's, like, known me for a long time, I've always been very much, like, animals were, are my thing. And I, for a long time, wanted to go to vet school until I realized, like, that's not smart financially.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and in terms of, like, compassion fatigue, I already had compassion fatigue from being in the military. So, um, I had dogs all my life. I had pets all my life. But they never did for me what horses have done Mm -hmm. it's just it's just a different medicine it just is they speak to your being differently yeah um and so yeah I'm very I'm very very grateful to each of my horses they've all done something differently for me but Rony truly saved my life um being as stubborn and obstinate as he was because I wouldn't have been spending so much time at the ranch with him Mm -hmm. if he was
1: easy right
0: But he wasn't easy. He was extremely difficult. Well, when so when I bought him, I was told he was broke.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Let me just tell you (laughs) (laughs) there wasn't anything broke about that horse, nothing. Um, And at the time, I just thought he was being stubborn with me. Yeah. Like I just thought we were having a hard time connecting. He was just being stubborn with me. I didn't find out until much further down the road. My dad had had a few beers and he was laughing about it. He was like, oh yeah, no, David told me he wasn't broke. He wasn't trained at all. And I was like, what? I could have fucking died. He's like, well, you didn't. I was like,
1: that. <laughs> I love that. Well, you didn't.
0: You got me there. But yeah. <laughs> I, don't think you, I don't think you realize how serious that is. <laughs> But I could have, is the point. What if I'd... Come on, man. Because <laughs> right. it's, you know, it's 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 really up to the horse, like, how much they let you get away with and how they act. You know, like, Roni, Roni would let me put a saddle on him. You know, he might have been moving his feet around a little bit and kind of being a little pinny-eared at me. But he let me put a saddle on him. So I didn't have any reason to think that that right. was out of the... I thought he was just being, you know, a little pig-headed. No, he, that was the first time he'd ever had a fucking saddle on him. (laughs) Um, And I found that out when I got on, trust me. Uh, And now looking back, I was just uh, so determined to have my experiences with him because Mm -hmm. I didn't know like, well, I could have a fucking heart attack and die tomorrow. Right. So I wanted to like rush things. I wanted to check things off the list, you know? And um, yeah, it didn't work at all. He <laughs> So I, I spent a lot of time there with him. Um, I'm really, really grateful to him for it. I think um, as much positive impacts within the equestrian community, there's a lot of negative too, especially within the competitive world. Uh, we talked about this on uh, last week's episode. Um, you know, that's why I don't want to be in the competitive environment at all. Right. Horses have been so therapeutic to me. So medicinal. I could not ever imagine ruining that. Um, because it could be catastrophic to my life, my quality of life. Yeah. And I, have for the first time in like 29 years of existing, I'm happy. It's fragile. It's fucking fragile, but I'm happy. Yeah. And it took 29, it took 20, I was driving driving down the dirt road in the Jeep the other day. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm happy. Wow. That's what this feels like. Holy shit. And I'm not on it. I'm not on a medication. Right. And I'm happy.
1: Yeah. That's really amazing. Isn't it crazy when you have that realization. Cause I had that same kind of realization too, when we moved, um, down here to Texas and had enough land to finally have horses. I had that same kind of experience where I was driving home and it just kind of hit me. I was like, I'm really happy with where I am right now,
0: dude. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, I even kind of, cause when I'm in that headspace, I let it take me places. Right. Cause I think mm-hmm. that's like a spirit trying to guide you in your, in your journey, in your lessons. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm the person I admire. Look at what I, cr- I created this. Nobody did this for me. Mm-hmm. My parents never helped me. I have provided everything to myself always financially. And physically. And look at what I've done. Look, in spite of all my limitations, mm-hmm. all my setbacks, all the times people fucked me over, um, look at what I've still done. Wow. I am that person I admire. Look what I've done.
1: Yeah. I'm
0: not a billionaire. But look at a, a fridge full of food, a uh, haystack full of hay, happy animals, happy kids. Wow. Yeah. yeah I did that. Um, and, you know, and then I got to thinking like, well, why couldn't I be happy in Tucson? Well, people suck. Maybe that's not my fault. Maybe it's not my fault. People suck. They just do. So I don't want, I don't need to be around it. Maybe that's just not the life for me. Maybe it's not. Maybe I don't need that life. This is the one I needed. Um, so I couldn't imagine <laughs> spoiling that. I, I like it. I like it. And I don't want to fuck it up right. by uh, by ruining it. You know, I just, I just reached out to a lady. And I gave some thought, thought to what you said in our last episode um, about teaching our kids and stuff. And I just know I don't want to ruin courses for my kids either. Um, and I work with uh colts not only colts but you know wild ones yeah so it would be years before any of these horses are to a level where i feel comfortable putting my kids on them right and 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 setting them loose you know what i yeah. mean yeah yeah um so i i got a hold of a lady who you know just sold her big operation in colorado moved out here and i signed them up for lessons Oh, awesome. Because I was like, yeah, they don't need to miss that. Should I sign myself up for a couple lessons? Because Roni's on rest anyway. And yeah. I thought, you know, maybe, you know, she can give me some pointers on my seat um, because, you know, English, it's not so bad. You know, the saddle is different. Yeah. Uh, my, my leg is able to uh, move a little more freely because of the, the leathers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Western is where I really need more help. And I start, once I move my horses, you know, I do my first ride bareback. But after that, they move into a Western saddle. Um, for saddlings, I do English. But p- after that, they move into a Western saddle. Okay. Because if, if they decide to bolt or act silly, uh, I at least have a little bit more protection.
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> English saddle, you're just gone. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. gone. <laughs> um, you're on the ground faster than...
0: <laughs> yeah, especially with these guys. So I thought, well, and, and I have a hard time with my seat. In a mm-hmm. Western saddle, period. So maybe she can help me with that. But um, I, I definitely concern myself a lot with not ruining the positive space I've created, right. because it's so medicinal and therapeutic. And I feel very poorly for the people that have done that to themselves mm-hmm. through uh, either competitiveness or greed. Because that's it's really sad. And I don't know who has it worse, Western or English. Um, You know, we talked a little bit about that (laughs) before filming. Um, I think in English writing, it just has a different tone. Mm -hmm. The way it gets, the way it turns sour is just different. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times in the Western community, it tends to be a little bit more. welcoming and there's a big focus on sportsmanship um at least from my perspective yeah you know
1: having helped with rodeos for so many years um no I would definitely agree with that I would say when I go to an English show it's much more you mind your business over there my business over here whereas in when I go to rodeos or whatever with with my kids it is much more, hey, I'm missing this piece of equipment. Oh, I got you. I got six extra in my trailer. Yeah. Like, here, let me give you that. You know, it's it's a lot more, um, it's competitive, yes, but it's much more of a uh, family Friendly. feeling than, yeah. than English writing tends to be, in my opinion.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not saying Western writing is without it. I've certainly right. seen some some ugly stuff take place but absolutely uh and i think honestly if you want to break if you want to circle it back around i think it comes back down to money more it just comes back down to money. look at if you if you took an honest um valuation at the cost expenditure between western Mm -hmm. and english english is going to come out higher every time yes every time um, and there's less of a focus in Western writing and especially Western competition on how, ex- how expensive do you look right than there is in English? I mean, that is a thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and it's ironic that they can put so much of a focus on how expensive does their s- same fucking brown bridal look from the next <laughs> same stupid brown bridle, Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you can find a, a decent used Western saddle for you know, two or three hundred bucks.
2: Yeah,
0: you'll uh, you'll be damned, you'll be damned to find that in English. And most most quality English saddles, you know, Steuben, Pessoa, you're looking at four thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Period. Um. So, yeah, I have a a big hesitation mm-hmm. in. Getting into any of that, especially because of the stress it puts on my horses. You know they feel that too, right? Um, and they don't understand. They don't understand. They don't. They don't know it's a timed event. They don't know that they didn't do a good job
1: mm-hmm.
0: until you until you let them know, right? Um, I'd rather just ride at home. And like I said, it's not that I don't have a temper anymore. I still do. So you see me out in public. Just watch your ass. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, and if I well, have my headphones I think, in, don't, don't talk to me.
1: Well, I think too, you know, to, to bring it back to the mental health aspect of it. Um, I, I, I might be totally off base when I say this, but this is just my perception is that I feel that if you're in the English world, um, people are much more accepting of mental health. In that community. Whereas mm-hmm. the Western world, I feel like is much more of a you don't talk buck about up, it. buck up and do it kind of thing, you know?
0: Yeah, you don't talk about it. Um, but at the same time, I think good, they should be more accepting because they cause more problems. You know the number of, of little English writers I see with eating disorders?
1: That is true. Yeah. But it
0: but it's it's labeled the EQ diet. Yeah. It, the diet is not eating. Right. Um, I don't, I don't know of anything like that in the Western community. And yeah. if, if you do, it's like case by case basis, not everybody. Mm-hmm. That's like the thing before they go to a show. the so like three or four days before they just don't eat. Cause they don't want to look fat in their breeches. What?
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hadn't even thought um, about that. Yeah. And I do find that when I tend to see, you know, going through TikTok and everything, when you come across plus size riders posting video of them writing or whatever like that most of the time it's English people within the English community that are commenting negatively on that writer I do yeah, see I'm it in the western right world now, but I definitely see it predominantly within the English community
0: I think it's a perception thing too though Maureen because think about this if you took equestrian straw or big mac the heavy draft and their writers mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie and I don't know that other girl's name sorry um it, Lucky I remembered your usernames. So, to be honest, I have three <laughs> brain injuries. So cut me, cut, cut me a fucking break. Um, if you took them, put them in some jeans, a Western saddle, and put them on mm-hmm. that same horse, they would not get the same number of hate comments
1: Absolutely.
0: that they get in an English saddle. Mm-hmm. It's perception.
2: Um, yeah, if they were out there right,
1: taking videos of them trail riding instead of jumping, Yeah. It would be a completely different, different set of comments for sure.
0: Right. And you know, at the end of the day for me, it's, I'm not her doctor. I'm not her vet. I'm not her coach. I'm not her Mm -hmm. trainer. And I don't have to deal with the consequences of how she rides her horse period. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to shut my fucking mouth about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, and, and that's not even that getting in into
1: that's not even getting into the du- double standard of women plus size riders and men plus size riders. You know, that's a whole. Oh, yeah, I, that's a whole different thing. You know, we'll we'll definitely do an thing. episode separately just on that topic in itself. But yeah,
0: yeah, equestrian strong and uh, you know Big Mac the heavy draft. They're probably the same size ratio as Clinton Anderson. Mm-hmm. I would imagine because uh, he's what he's close to six foot if not over
1: yeah somewhere in there
0: and and he's got a big old spare tire Uh, and he rides little 14 2 14 3 15 15 2 horses quarter horses Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at least these women are riding horses that can carry them you watch his horses struggle you watch them struggle but nobody says anything to him Hmm. Interesting.
2: Yeah. It
0: seems like only, it seems like only women are expected to be skinny.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I've even caught myself thinking about that. Like I look at cricket and I go, I'm too big for her.
1: Right. No, I do too. For sure. I mean,
0: proportionally I'm too big for her. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think about, yeah, like it's, and it does take a toll on the, on your mental health. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, when Ronnie got hurt, When Roni got hurt, I asked immediately, was this something I did? And I asked my vet, do you think I'm too big for him? Do you think it was my seat? Was there something I did to cause this? And he was like, no, no, no. But that's what the community can do to you. Right. Uh, There's nothing wrong with accountability. But putting blame where it doesn't belong is hurtful to your mental health, to your spirits, your horsemanship. The other aspect of that, too, is, you know, I see a lot of... And it's not that I don't see it in Western. I do, but not at the same rate I see it in English is, yes. oh, your saddle was secondhand. Oh, your bridle is not there. $300 for a piece of plain brown leather. You got me fucked up. Right. All the way fucked up. I could buy a whole ass fucking used Corriente saddle for that much. No, it's a no from me, Simon. That's crazy. Right. But they they will frequently judge each other Um, and look down on each other for how expensive is your horse? How expensive is your tag? It's all about the money. Right. And at that point you lose sight of the medicine. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm just not willing to put myself out there like that. Could Mm -hmm. I, could I probably, and then the other factor for me is um, my mental health is very strongly linked to my physical health. So Mm -hmm. when I am in physical pain or I'm very physically limited, I, the, negative thought processes just flood right back in you know it's I get a lot of self-doubt I start thinking like maybe I don't have any business on a horse maybe I don't have any business doing this look I can barely fucking walk Mm -hmm. I can barely turn my head side to side what maybe I don't belong doing this anymore yeah um and it's hard but um now that I have them I can't take them away Oh yeah. I would, I'd have to get, uh, put on a, uh, on a ward somewhere.
2: Yeah,
0: for sure. So like, even if I never ride again, I'll still always have horses
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: But, and I know that, you know, for a lot of athletes that compete, that's a, you know, pain, don't discount pain from your mental health because they're very strongly linked together your brain is not able to function properly or in the same way when you're in a lot of pain.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly if you're- That that you bring up, you know, that even if you, even if you're not able to ride, you still plan on having horses because I think a lot of people too, you know, especially now that I work so closely with um, an organization that specializes in using horses for mental health purposes, we have a lot of people, you know, I am on the board for Sunny Creek Ranch and, and here in Montgomery, Texas, and we um, we provide mental health for first responders and veterans and, and their families at free of charge. Mm-hmm. Um, we also take, you know, civilians as well, but they don't get the free scholarship that the veterans and first responders and families get. Um, but we have a lot of people that contact us and they ask, you know, well, when do I get to ride? And we don't, we don't do writing, that's not the type of therapy that we do. Um, we don't do the hippotherapy that you see with like children that have autism or down syndrome mm-hmm. or um, muscle at- atrophy to help build up their muscles and their core strength and everything like that. We strictly do all of our stuff as um, what is considered equine assisted therapy where it mm-hmm. is all done on the ground. And that's specifically because we don't wanna change that dynamic between horse and rider. Cause you know, we know as, as people who ride that the moment you come off the ground and you're in the saddle, it changes the dynamic and the, and the conversation you're having between you and the horse. So I personally, you know, when I, I go to Sunny Creek Ranch to seek, uh, to seek mental health for my PTSD from my time in the military. And that stems from, uh, being sexually assaulted while in service by another service member and when I got out and started my um my out processing with the VA to get my disability rating and everything like that the first thing they asked me when I went in and I said I wanted to put it in a plane for I I put it as uh anxiety specifically because at that time military sexual trauma or MST was absolutely 100% not being talked about, was not being acknowledged Mm -hmm. in any way, shape or form. And uh, so at that time, when I heard the term PTSD, I was like, oh, that's only for the combat veterans. That's not something that I can claim. The closest that I can claim to that is probably anxiety. So when I went to the VA, I said, okay, I want to claim anxiety. And they sat me down, they asked me questions and everything. And one of the questions they asked me was, will you take medication? For your mental health. And I said, absolutely not. Because I know that the VA likes to throw medicine at everything. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't like, I, I hear all the horror stories of people getting addicted to different things and the, the, the symptoms that they have based off of their medications and hallucinations and stuff like that. And I was like, I really don't want to do that. So I said, absolutely not. And that actually hurt me in the end. Um, instead yeah, of did. getting, yeah, instead of getting that PTSD rating, they only gave me anxiety and a panic disorder. And, um, so now I'm having to go through the struggle of trying to get that PTSD rating and oh, gosh, that's a whole issue in and of itself. But, um,
0: yeah, it's a real struggle. When I went back to have my rating reevaluated, mm-hmm. um, because it would have put me at a hundred percent, they removed a different aspect
1: right of my disability. Yeah. And that's to what keep I'm doing right now because I'm trying to get, and I'm it, trying to get that hundred percent as well too. So
0: and that shouldn't be legal they shouldn't be able to do that um, no. especially because i think that they're they're dealing with a particularly vulnerable set of i'm exhausted man i'm fucking tired not just physically but mentally and emotionally i am fucking tired i'm tired of talking about it i'm tired of existing in it
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's exhausting i'm tired and so it is not even remotely plausible for me to go through it again for me to talk about it again go to the appointments again okay yeah. how far can you lean over how far can you turn your head i mean well why can't you go and how does it make you feel when you go to the grocery store i mean hours and hours of appointments just for them to come back and say and that's hey! and
1: that's just the and that's just the appointment that's not even getting to the location and then waiting for your appointment time and then waiting past your appointment time and i mean you can probably I make a whole podcast off of all the things that are wrong with the VA on its own. <laughs> so
0: I, and I can't, I just, I physically, logistically cannot do it. I have kids. Right. The closest VA to me is four hours away. Yeah. So I just roll over on it. Fine. Yeah. Keep me at 90, whatever. Fuck it. I don't care.
1: Yeah. And that's, um, and that's where, why I go to Sunny Creek is that <clears throat> it helps. I mean, obviously I get a lot of mental health, uh, support for my horses here at home But it is nice once a week to be able to go to a ranch and be around horses that I don't have to worry about the, you know, did they get, did they get their supplements? Did they get their vet check? When is their next teeth floating? All the things that come in with, with owning horses and just get to not worry about all that and be with other veterans as well at the same time. Um, but as far as, as owning horses and having them help with mental health, I mean, if, if it wasn't for chap being out there in my backyard and being able to step away for five minutes out of my Mm -hmm. house, away from my kids, away from my husband and just be, and just sit with him and pet him and love on him for those five minutes. I, I going back to what we were saying earlier with, you know, realizing that you're happy, I definitely would not be happy. Yeah.
0: Um, And again, you know, for anybody that kind of relates, I always struggle with going back to, well, that's not fair. That it has to be that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why, why does it have, why does it have to be me? Why can't I just be like everybody else? Right. But you're not. And so it doesn't do any good to stay in that mindset. You're not. So of course, are what make you happy. Just keep going with
1: that. Yeah. And if I mean, don't hopefully, have to- hopefully us talking about it, you know, makes people realize that it's not just you, you know, it's, it, it's yes. a lot more common than you may, may realize and may think. And, um, and yeah, it's horses are for sure a lifeline for a lot of people. <clears throat> and- I mean, so- And that goes into, I'd really love for you, you know, we've, we've said and or you have said in several past episodes, mentioned horses as medicine. And I would really like to get your cultural take on, on, on that to, to delve a little bit deeper into what exactly it is you mean when you say horses are medicine. So
0: from our perspective, horses are just incredible healers. And they are able to be present with you in a way that other people cannot, other Mm -hmm. animals cannot. Um, And it goes back to their creation story and how it relates to our creation story as well. And I don't discuss spiritual aspects of our culture um, with other people that are not in our culture. Um, But... Horses are able to provide you with exactly what you need. You, essentially, it's emotionally and mentally, right? But we mm-hmm. say spiritually um, in that moment. And tomorrow might be different. Last mm-hmm. week, it might have been different. But, you know, like you hear a lot of people say, and I, even I've said it, you, know, you can't go to the crowd having a bad day. They're not going to put up with that. That's exactly it. And they're able to assess exactly where you are, right, in that moment, on that day, and be with you. Mm -hmm. And just their presence, just the way they're interacting with you, um, is so incredibly therapeutic and medicinal, Um, so if you really wanted to make it just very simple, it's how content, how happy, how healed Mm -hmm. you feel when you walk away, you know, how many times have you gone out to the pasture having a bad day, feeling like shit, you went out and you fed your horse or maybe you brushed them. And when you came back, you just felt better. Yeah. That's what that is. If you really want to simplify it down, but, um, it's more, I believe, and again, I don't like I really don't want to get into the um, cultural teachings or spiritual aspects of it because it's not my place to share. <clears throat> but um, it's intentional.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's in, and it's an intentional thing from them. That's why you don't get the same thing from every horse. You don't have the same connection with every horse because every horse is not giving you the same medicine.
1: I really love that you use the word um, intentional for them because I see that a lot when I'm at the ranch and the other veterans are interacting with the horses. We have one horse in, in particular. There are three out there at the ranch. And one horse in particular, her name is Sunny. And she comes from a really bad abuse situation. She's been starved twice. She has bites and scars and everything all over her body. Um, and she, she's, she has some really bad days, but she knows when somebody really needs her and she will seek them out. And for the, for the, uh, therapists that we have there at the ranch, you know, conducting the groups and everything like that, they, they know that if Sonny comes over to a specific veteran, they need to give that person extra attention because sh- they know that Sunny's saying, Hey, something's wrong with this person right here and they may need a little extra help.
0: Yeah. If you want to get into the science of it,
1: um, you
0: know, horses have very, very acute attuned senses. They can mm-hmm. hear your heart rate. They can sense your blood pressure. They can uh, detect your pheromonal changes or hormonal changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, from a chemical standpoint, when you're upset, you are releasing different chemicals than you are when you're content. Right. So if you, if you wanted to dice it up, really, and like be logical and scientific about it. Right. They're able, they are literally able to tell. Not every horse cares. Right. That's yeah. The, that's the reality. <laughs> Just not every horse cares. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, like every, every horse has something to teach you. Every horse has something different to give. Not every horse is... Um going to care as much when you're having a sad day. Um, others are going to challenge you more to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, Rony always cares. Rony wants to be my friend first. Um, and like, you know, when he, if he's turned out, he can be on the far end of the property. But if I walk outside, he will walk from the far end of the property to come and be with me. Right. Um Right now, it seems like Sully is more playful. Sully has a playful demeanor, and Cricket is more challenging.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's hard to really uh, get a feel for Sage's personality yet because she's very much a baby, and that's how she comes across. Yeah, as a baby. Um, but from a therapeutic perspective, they it is it like I said it is very intentional. You know they they know. When you need them, they know when you need them. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't think I'll ever understand the people that don't, that don't want to accept that. I think it, it comes back down to a religious perspective of sentience. Right. Because mm-hmm. like if we acknowledge that they are sentient animals with emotions and thoughts and feelings, then all of a sudden a lot of the things we do and the way we treat them isn't acceptable anymore.
1: Right. Well, you can't, it's it's a lot harder to look at them as a machine or a piece of equipment.
0: Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. your feelings aren't really my problem. Yeah. So, um, and I think, um, the crazy shit people are willing to do for horses speaks volumes to how spiritually motivating they can be, right? Like, mm-hmm. think about the ways your life has changed. I mean, let's just look at my life. I, I literally moved away from every friend I had, all of my, all of my family,
2: mm-hmm.
0: all of my adopted family, all of my biological family. I moved four hours away where I had no help. I knew no one to give my horses a better life and so that I could be with them I was yeah. un- I was unwilling not to be with them that's that's crazy
1: yeah well I don't I mean I don't think it's crazy but I can see where other people that would that don't understand that would see that right it's crazy
0: but I knew that they needed it and I knew that I needed it mm-hmm. um I'm it like it's it's not a stretch when I say uh you know, bef- even before I got really sick, my mental health was, and a lot of times I just lied to my psychiatrist. Like I, and it's, you know, I'd go back and I'd read my appointment notes and like, they never caught on to the fact that I was completely bullshitting them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's how good at masking I am. That they never caught on to the fact that I was like, I wanted to die. I didn't yeah. want to be alive anymore. All, all day, every day. I'm not kidding. There was not a moment that brought me joy, happiness, purpose, nothing. Nothing made me happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't want to be here anymore. And then I got sick and it got worse. Yeah. Um like it it was scary. Like I didn't own firearms for a long time. Um and I can't imagine feeling like that now. Yeah. My my horse gave me my life back. Like I got to like rationalizing not being around. I got to thinking like, well, the kids could go live with their dad and they'd yeah. probably have a better life with him anyway. And like, that didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. I wasn't sad about it. That's when it really gets scary. I think when you're not, when you're not sad about the idea of dying, I didn't have any feelings about it. I just knew I, this wasn't it. I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it anymore.
1: Yeah. Um, it wasn't emotional for you anymore. It was logical.
0: Yeah. And, and to the point where like, I also was resentful of other people because Mm -hmm. when I would try to talk to people about it, they would be like, well, what about your kids? Always first thing. What about your kids? It's not my job to live for other people. Yeah. Yes, I love my kids. Yes, I do. But being a mother doesn't um, doesn't automatically mean like that's my entire life, right? Or that I should be forced to be around if I don't want to like, and that's, that was my train of thought. Right. I was like, this is like you don't, like you obviously don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm miserable 24 hours a day. I mean, I was in pain 24 hours a day and I was miserable.
1: Right. Um, and I mean, and, and, then then that, and then if, I mean, if, when people say sit there and they want to make like everything in your existence about the fact that now you're a mother, you sit there and look at it as, yeah, but if I'm going to be a good mother, why would I stay here and put my children right. through all of this?
0: And that's exact, that was exactly it for me. I was like, what, what, what kind of example are they getting?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What kind of example? They watch me walk around on crutches or have to lean on the walls to walk because I can't walk.
2: Yeah.
0: They see me having to take all these medications. They see me, they walk in on me sobbing all the time. That's, that's the example I want to give for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're better off without me not here. Um, and having horses gave me that back. That's so invaluable. For the cost of, uh,
2: hey, yeah. So, don't
0: you know? I I don't think that it's it's not something you can really measure in terms of value. Um, and so a lot of people don't get it. People, non horse people don't get it. Yeah until they've been around horses or a horse that has just touched that part of their soul yeah not every not every horse will do that mm-hmm. and you'll be lucky if you do have a horse in your lifetime that does um i i have a friend now who has a horse they ride for work the horse is great he's got so much personalities nice little horse but me, he's like man that's just, that's just the horse. Like yeah. he's not attached, you know? Right. Um, and whenever I come across those people, I'm always like, especially motivated to try to like push them out into other horses, meeting other horses. Into, Cause I, it's so important to me to give that gift to other people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's every horse isn't meant for you. That's just it. Every horse is not right. meant for you but you can find the one that is. So keep looking, keep looking. If you haven't found that horse that you wanna put up a fucking little shack right outside your bedroom window so that you can feed them carrots while you watch TV at night, then you haven't looked hard enough yet. Keep looking.
1: Or like in your case, if you haven't found that horse that you're willing to move four hours away from everyone and everything you know, (laughs) just to make their life better. Then you and I just a horse yet.
0: I literally like two weeks. yeah, I just left. And everybody was like, "You moved? I didn't tell anybody I left, by the way. The only person that knew, I think, was my dad, <laughs> and my boyfriend at the time. Yeah, And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving." And that was it. I didn't tell anybody else. Um, I only told my dad because I felt like it would be insensitive if I didn't. He might be mad. Um, and my boyfriend helped me move. Thanks, Cullen, when you listen to this. Appreciate you. You were a doll because I was a fucking monster when we were back <laughs> in that house. woo um, I always like people that don't have that connection yet. You just haven't found the right horse. Or, yeah. or you have other influences, whether it's competition or whether it's money, that mm-hmm. are blocking that medicine from your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's out there. It's out there. I know that um, Sully has that to give. I don't know for who yet. Not for me. But um, he is. I can feel it in him. Yeah. I can feel it in him. Um, In the way that cricket is with the kids, I took, I think I took a little video and I took a bunch of pictures last night of her interacting with Tegan. She's so patient. She's so patient with that child and she lets her hold on her face she has a two premolars erupting on her lower jaw and she was letting tegan hang all over her face she won't even let me touch her lower jaw
1: yeah wow. they know they know they know and they choose yeah that's hard to. no and i mean I, when i came out and took your pictures i got i met cricket and i would not hear hearing you say that that she lets tegan just love up all on her yeah is surprising because I would not think that she would let anybody do that from what I saw of her when I met her.
0: Yeah, Tegan, Tegan has a lot of what I have. Um, she might even have more. I know that like there have been a lot of animals who didn't connect with me who immediately connect with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diesel was one of them, my late great dame, would not cuddle with anybody, wouldn't let anybody sit with him. In fact, if you were sitting next to him on the couch and your leg touched him he would get up and leave didn't want to be bothered he was a sweet dog but he just didn't want to be fooled with yeah and she would lay on top of him for hours watching cartoons <laughs> in this in the same way that uh, cricket you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: literally let her hang all over his face she was sticking her fingers in her nose <laughs> horses choose they choose yeah who they give that medicine to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think once you get past, right? Like if you have to chop it up into science, then do that. But once you're able to see it from a spiritual perspective, from a spiritual, emotional connection,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, then you're in a place mentally to accept that medicine and to find mm-hmm. the horse that will give it to you. Right. Um, and at, in once you're at that point, you know, that's when fear, force, and pain go out the window. At that point, it, that just makes sense, right? Like, it just, you're like, ugh, oh, why, why would I ever do that to this animal? I don't need to. Yeah. Like, t- but until you found that, I, and I, I call M- Roni my mentor all the time. Ronnie's is my teacher. He's my mentor. Um, and I let him call the shots. I think probably one of the most incredibly beneficial or positive aspects of horsemanship or what horsemanship has given to me or given to my mental health has been how self-aware it's made me. Um, I, I didn't realize how unaware of my mood, my demeanor, or like my mental inventory I was until I had horses again, mm-hmm. um, because, man, and even even just, like, how physically aware, right, like, I have to take better care of myself now, because I have horses to take care of, right, and in Arizona, that's no small thing, you know, stacking hay in the heat, um, you know, preparing for storms, and that kind of thing, like, I just have to take better physical care of myself, I can't afford to lay in bed for days, right i can't um i didn't realize how angry of a person i was i was i'm telling you two years ago me was not someone you would have been friends with Mm -hmm. um in fact i think my humor was probably my only redeeming quality and it was very cynical very mean i was mean i was fucking mean i mean Like, I look back now and I'm like, man, I needed help. Yeah. Where was everybody? Like, how come? I mean, I was really good at masking. So there's that. But Mm -hmm. nobody, nobody saw through that except my horse. I was, I was screaming it loud. Yeah. How miserable and unhappy I was. The only person that heard me was my horse. Um, and, and, and now like in comparison, holy shit, like I've, i so many times since I moved up here, I've texted my dad like, dad, I'm so happy dad, I'm so happy here. Wow. Who would have thought I could be happy in a town full of Mormons?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: But I am. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. I can't mm-hmm. imagine mm-hmm. being any happier. Like I actually have goals I want to set and I can think ahead I can think into the future about accomplishing those goals that's not something I had the ability to do before right because in my mind I didn't have a future I didn't want I didn't want one I didn't want one every you know a couple times a year my kids go to visit family their dad and their grandmother and stuff and every year around that time it was a very tense uh environment for mm-hmm. me and my dad and my close friends because every year that was like the danger period right. where people would check in on me all the time um because when my kids were gone that's when everybody was the most afraid I would kill myself
1: yeah
0: rightfully so it uh i had i have several failed suicide attempts under my belt um so it wasn't unwarranted, but like, wow, what a difference, but why? Because I would, I would show up depressed. I would show up angry. I would show up resentful, bitter, angry, uh, in pain.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And my horse was like, this, this is going to work. Yeah. You've got to do something different. This is not going to work. I don't like it. And so I started doing things differently. I started care. And that was the other thing. I was so depressed and miserable. I didn't care about how much pain I was in. I just let it go and get worse. Uh, because who gives a shit? I didn't. Now, when I start getting to the point where like, I'm like, uh, it's looking like I might have to use crutches. I'll slow down. I'll use the electrical stimulation therapy. I'll use, um, you know, my certain pain management things. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get to that point. Before it was like the opposite. I would start to be in a lot of pain and I would be more reckless. I would push it further. Because if I couldn't feel happy, I was going to feel something. Yeah. Um. Towards the end, before I moved, I started self-harming again. And I hadn't self-harmed in 20 years. So nobody nobody picked up on it or if they did they were too afraid to say something because i'm Mm -hmm. not kidding i was fucking scary not someone you wanted to pick a fight with i'd hurt your feelings and mess you up like that's i was vicious volatile vicious my mental health was garbage in more than one well more ways than one and the only person who would not put up with that was my horse and further You know, he was the only one who I cared to do better for, right? Mm -hmm. Because like my kids would just make me feel guilty. I just felt like a failure. And so I would isolate. I'd set them up. I'd get all their food ready. I'd put a smile on as good as I could for however long it took to, you know, interact with them. And I'd isolate because I knew like I couldn't be who I needed for them. So I just Mm -hmm. wouldn't be around just wouldn't be around because I didn't want to harm them emotionally. Right. And I knew that I would, um, anybody else, it, it was straight up. It was like, well, if you don't fucking like it, don't be around. Don't be around or don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same, like even my psychiatrist, like wouldn't pick a fight with me.
2: Like that's how vicious it was. So, yeah,
0: I think even if I hadn't gotten sick, like I was on a bad track, which sucks because I was accomplishing so much. I was so successful in other aspects of my life, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but I had no purpose, no joy. Um, And yeah, nobody was willing to step in and say something. So... And my, my doctor's only response, because that's the other thing, you know, a lot of people push the responsibility off onto your doctor, right? Like, well, where was your your psychiatrist or your therapist and all of this? Well, trying to prescribe me meds, meds are not going to, meds did not and would not have ever fixed what was wrong with me. What was wrong with me was in my spirit, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: not, not in my chemistry. I mean, I'm not saying my chemistry is great because it's not, but um, that wasn't the problem. Right. Um, or they would prescribe me drugs and I just wouldn't take them. They'd literally pick them up, throw them out.
1: Yeah. How
0: many veterans do that? All of us.
1: Just about all of them. Yeah.
0: I've got a box sitting under my sink of all the meds I was prescribed that I didn't take. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I would also encourage anybody to like just be more self-aware of how you're feeling around your horse. Be be open to that. Be open to that because it wasn't until I became open to it because I mean Rumi and I had a pretty bad relationship at the start. Mm-hmm. Period. He wasn't tolerating my bullshit, and I was on my bullshit. Um. Cause I was like very much in that bucket list mindset. I saw my heart condition and my heart failure as my way out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, this is it. Cool. I don't have to do this anymore. Problem solved. So I started checking things off my list and he wouldn't let me, he wouldn't let me. Um, so be self-aware, challenge yourself to be open-minded and self-aware to what challenges you have with your horse and why you have it. Because it's probably you 99% of the time it's you mm-hmm. and your horse is trying to tell you that you're not yeah. listening.
1: Yeah. You're not listening. No, for me, um, I, I definitely feel that with CHAP. He has, um, he's forced me to be softer. Oh yeah. Big time. I'm a much better parent. Yeah. I mean, especially in relation to my, um, my PTSD and my MST, you know, in the Marine Corps, and I know it is in a lot of the other services too. It is suck it up, suck it up, just suck it up, suck it up, suck it up. Tough shit, tough shit, suck it up. And so um, like the idea of being, Emotional in in the service, especially if you are a female. If you're an emotional female in the service, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. You are you are worthless. You're gonna get Marines killed. You are st- stop being so feminine. Stop being so girly and, and toughen up. And
0: my personal favorite is you signed up for this.
1: Yeah. Well, and two, you know, especially since I do a lot of advocacy work for military sexual trauma you know, one of the big things that, that made people, you know, try to hide it and push it under the rug is, well, that's just occupational hazard. Yeah. You will, you will find statistics and paperwork and everything else that says being a female in the military and being sexually assaulted is an occupational hazard. Yeah. Well, it's still illegal. And for that reason, you cannot sue the military for what happens to you while you're in service as a female.
0: Well, there's a lot of, uh, litigation related reasons why you can't see the military and pri- the primary is because you are government property and government property can't right. see the government. Right,
1: um, yeah. but, uh, when, when it comes to chap, he is, you know, we, we said at the, at the last episode that he, he's definitely a lot more, he's like me, hides his emotion. And when he finds somebody that he trusts, he will share those emotions. And that's how I am. And, but in order for me to get him to be willing to share his emotions with me, I had to be softer.
0: Yeah. But also look where that's gotten chap. Look where that's gotten him. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, cause I look and I make the same, that's why I, you can't, you can't convince me otherwise. Right. About horses. Like I, every horse happens to you for a reason. Every last one, every last one, you will never convince me otherwise. Um, Rony ended up with me for the same reasons uh, I ended up with every piece of paperwork I had in the military for every failed relationship I've ever had. We have the same stubborn, obstinate personality, um, especially when we're not being treated correctly.
2: Mm.
0: You come to me with some attitude and oh boy, that, that was a mistake. Whereas, you know, approach me fairly and you get a completely different person, a much Mm. softer, kinder, more willing person. But look where that got Roni. It almost got him on the meat truck because who fucking knows who would have bought him. Yeah. And actually, I do do know who wanted to buy him. That wasn't me. And it would have been a terrible existence. He wouldn't he wouldn't have made it because he wouldn't have tolerated the way this particular person would have treated him. Mm. And it would have either got him beat real good and, and put out on the range and, and said to hell with you or sold at an auction for sure. And he probably would have just kept changing hands like that. Right. In the, in the same way I kept, uh, you know, burning through relationships at that yeah. time in my life. Because I was just unwilling Ronnie was an unwilling horse when I got him too. Mm-hmm. we, we came together with the same problems and we were butting heads with the same personality and the same problems in the same way that now we have such a great partnership. Um, and it always strikes me when other people comment on it or they say, you know, like, wow, I can, somebody commented on my Instagram the other day. That is a happy horse if I've ever seen one. And I was like, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Because he fucking wasn't when I got him. That horse wasn't like that when I got him. But we got there together. Once I took an honest inventory of where I was at in my life, who I was as a person was open-minded and willing to change. And then, you know, of course, being willing to change and doing the things necessary to make those changes are two different things. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that if you find yourself in the horse industry, in some capacity, and you are struggling with your mental health, you're struggling with a negative environment, negativity, whatever it is, then you probably need to take an honest look at what's going on. What is it? Where is the root cause? Be open-minded enough to accept if it is you.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And if it isn't, you know, uh, I can't speak to the competitive atmosphere because I'm not I'm not in that. I'm I just got my mental health to a place where I like it. It's nice, I like it up here, it's cool. I like this place. Um, and I don't I don't want to change that right now so. I can't speak to that, but if you love being around your horse until it's time to go to a show, you love being around your horse until it's time to go to a rodeo or a jackpot. Yeah. There's your sign.
1: Yeah. No, I was that's, just going to say, I was just going to say that if, if what, if, if riding with your horse in a competitive atmosphere is no longer fun, because the whole reason you started was because it was supposed to be fun and because you enjoy it. Horses
0: are yeah, horses are too dangerous and too expensive to yeah. be fool around doing shit that you don't enjoy anymore.
1: Yeah, so if, if you're going to a show and it's no longer fun, then you need to go back to the beginning where yep. it's just you and your horse and you have no agenda other than spending time with them.
0: Yeah, and when you're in, uh, one thing that, that science does get right is when you're in that negative mindset, right? Like if you're feeling uh, like the only important thing is winning
2: Mm
0: -hmm. or even worse, the only important thing is beating her. Mm -hmm. You are no longer in a place emotionally or spiritually to receive that message. Your horse is trying to give you that medicine. You're not, and you won't, you won't.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so, and just, and like I said, horses are too expensive,
0: man. Too expensive, too dangerous, too time-consuming to not enjoy it. Go back to enjoying it. Revisit that other stuff later. I'm not saying I'll never compete in anything. I might. But my horse's soundness comes first. My right. soundness comes first. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you have a horse doesn't mean you need to trailer it up on the weekend and go show somewhere. There's nothing wrong with just having horses. Yeah. There's nothing wrong I mean, hell. I
1: got I got three ponies in my in my pasture right now. And we only use one of them as a lead line pony. And the other two are just there to enjoy having. Right. You know? Uh
0: you know what? It's it's funny that you say that because my neighbor, they're Mormon,
1: of course. Uh
0: and he always talks about how uh I I'm just useless animals. And anytime I get a new animal, he will be like, what are you going to do with that one? Nothing, just another useless animal. I got into it a little more time. You don't fucking pay their feed bill. You don't pay their vet bills. So you can shut the fuck up. Yeah. They're here for me to enjoy. That's their purpose. Their purpose is to just exist. They don't need to have a reason. You don't.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say.
0: <laughs> you don't. What's you your don't purpose? Have a reason. Yeah, sir? exactly. You just exist, right? Cool. Why don't you exist over on your property and on your fucking business? And furthermore, if it's, if it's that aspect of horsemanship that you feel is taking a toll on your mental health, if it's the competitive aspect or the judgmental aspect of, of other competitors, please, uh, you know, if you have to take a little inspiration from me, go ahead. Do not be afraid to tell people to fuck off.
1: Yeah. Fuck off. I think that's a lot of the root cause of a lot of people's mental health is that it's okay to just exist because how, you know, we I know for me for a long time before having my horses, I would stress all the time, especially after I got out of the military of what, what the hell, what the fuck am I going to do with the rest of my life?
0: Oh, dude, I went through the same thing. I had a whole existential crisis. I had a couple oh, of yeah. I went through it twice. I went through it twice and I didn't even, Maureen, I didn't even like being in the military. I didn't even want to be there. I I was forced to be there. Right. Um, and I still went through that. You know why? Because it's, it's psychological programming and the military is very good at it. Right. Yeah. Um, but you don't just tell, you know what, you don't have to say the F word if you don't want to, but don't hesitate to tell people to stick it where the sun don't shine. If they are ruining your day. Yeah. No one, you know, no one can make you feel any way you don't allow them to, but they also don't have the right to sit there and act like a fucking fool with no consequences. Tell them to fuck off. It only takes one good time. I, get, I guarantee you they will shut the fuck up. Maybe not at a rodeo, but if you're at an English show, that's all it'll take, I promise. <laughs> at a rodeo, you meh, maybe you tread a little more lightly. Be a little nicer <laughs> about it. Um. Yeah. Any closing thoughts
1: on that? No. I mean, if if it's been a while since you have just gone out and been with your horse with no agenda, that's your homework this week.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. It should be uh, more that than anything else.
2: More exactly. that let your horse teach I, yeah. you. Yeah.
0: Let your horse teach you how to be. Have you ever seen how peaceful a horse is? ever seen how peaceful they are just being Mm -hmm. and if your horse isn't peaceful that's your fault for creating an environment where they can't be you should probably fix that but most horses are just very happy very peaceful Take take some time let them teach you how to do that mine did and if i can learn i know anybody can
1: so we'll see you next well i will put into the into the show notes for this week um We will provide some phone numbers for calling for mental health and uh, websites. I will also link Sunny Creek Ranch um, if people are inclined to donate to them and all the good work they do, or if they are in need of some of their help. And um, yeah, just everybody. I feel like mental health is finally getting a platform, a much needed platform um, over the last few years and hopefully that will continue to trend and people will seek the help that they need and um, do better for themselves and in our case, do better for our horses, so.
0: Yeah, you only get one turn on this rock in this body, so don't spend it being miserable. There's no need
2: for that.
1: Exactly.